This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. yo ho yo We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are talking about Below Deck Mediterranean Season 7, Episode 9, which Bravo called Let's Be Frank, and we've decided to call For Frank's Sake. And here's Jen for your rapid recap. The wine pairing dinner goes downhill faster than a guest on a soap-covered slide. Disaster. It was. Kyle joins the guests for a pajama party, leaving Natalia with a manky mess to clean when she wakes up. Tosh takes Kyle's side in a confessional and dismisses Natalia's complaints. The Adams family takes the gold in the Maltese mini Olympics. Sandy finally sees that Kyle might be staying a little too long at the festivities and orders him back to work. Jason turns, take 15 minutes, grab a bite and change into 45 minutes to eat and shower. Charter guest Liam's transformation into Bambi was everything. Sandy is wowed by Dave's pirate ship cake. Tosh is now ghosting her boyfriend's text. Definitely seems to be a pattern arising. Sandy drops provisional from Storm's title, and he's now the bosun. The guests depart the boat, but meet up for a night out, and Kyle and Frank get a total rom-com ending. Two deers in the headlights. That's your rapid recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I was really hoping this was going to go better than it did, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me preface this whole thing with Kyle and the charter guest by saying this. I understand that I sound like a buzzkill when I'm knocking this entire situation. And it occurred to me why I might need to explain myself here. In the event that something like this happens... What it does is it creates a little bit, although we saw a lot of bonding happening between the crew, or at least two of the crew and the guests, they're still on a vacation and you are still there to serve them. And what happens when you cross lines like that is that it becomes a little bit awkward for them. Like imagine if the guests had then at the very end of that trip, after they had all bonded and hung out, turned to the interior crew and said, please iron and wash all of our luggage and pack it up before we leave. Right. Or, hey, I know you're comfortable sitting on the couch next to me, but can you please go get me a drink? Because that's your job. Right. It just creates this awkward 
situation that shouldn't be an element of a trip for paying guests. And therein lies the inherent issue with it, not just that it's against the rules, but that it really creates an uncomfortable situation sometimes for the guests who are there to be entertained and taken care of. And sitting on a couch next to them with your hands on their legs is not what I mean by taken care of. I mean, maybe on Russian yachts. I don't know. But it creates this really awkward, awful, unnecessary element of the trip that's completely avoidable. And I think that's what really rubs me the wrong way about this, not just his flagrant disregard for the rules about this and Natasha's, to be quite clear, because what's the other number one rule in yachting? No drinking on charter. And during the pajama party, both Natasha and Kyle had shot glasses in their hands. Ah. So combine those two things, you're tossing your inhibitions and the rules to the wind by becoming a little bit too close to the guests, in my opinion, for comfort. And then also add on top of that drinking and negating the duties of your job. And if I was Natalia waking up the next day, I'd be pissed too. I was totally on her side in this. I think she was being petty about it, but I kind of get it. Well, she's kind of aggressive in her speech anyway. She's just very brutally honest. And the truth of it is she did have to go and do all of the things that Tasha said, we can just do it tomorrow, but they're not waking up before the guests. If they were waking up before the guests and they had gotten up and done it, then Natalia wouldn't have had anything to complain about. But that's not how it worked. Natalia was up. The guests were going to be up soon and she had to get it done. So yes, it's part of Natalia's job, but they didn't carry their weight the night before and do what needed to be done for the guests. So I think she had every right to complain. And if she was snotty about it, oh, well. Yeah, I get it. From her perspective, like I said, I think she was being a little bit petty about it because I feel like she could have just addressed it right away and said, look, this isn't cool. This is what I woke up to. I know you guys were entertaining guests because she wasn't awake the whole time to see what exactly was happening, although she probably would have been even more angry if she did. Right. But to pull everybody aside and be like, look, this is a deal. You know, this was not cool. Please don't do that again. I didn't appreciate it. I feel like it was kind of disrespectful. I feel like that would have been reasonable. Mm -hmm. But the way that she went about it came off pretty petty. Last night was interesting to watch on Twitter to be quite honest, to see the different takes of people. I did a poll asking, is Kyle crossing the line or is he just at the very edge? And that was from episode eight. So this is pre-pajama party or anything else. And 78% of the people who responded said he's crossing it. Only 7.3% said that he's within bounds. And I threw in a third option of what line And that was 14.6%. So overwhelmingly, it seemed like people thought Kyle was definitely crossing a line. And again, this is before we even get to the real line crossing. So I feel like the audience is seeing it like we see it. But I did see a lot of people say that they really like Kyle and that he makes them laugh and they were happy for him. So it's a mixed bag. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a hard time with this because I know what it's really like on yachts. And I know that he would have been fired in an instant, even prior to the kissing situation. Mm -hmm. 
And that was a very cute moment. Mm -hmm. It was just lost on me because I was so annoyed that he couldn't have waited to have an interaction like that until after the show was done. Right. And I thought they were going to. We're jumping ahead a little bit, but at the club, they were saying they were saving the kiss for their first actual date, which I thought was sweet. But the ending, it was very cinematic. It was very rom-com and cute. Technically, it was off the boat. The charter was done. They had already given their tip and everything. So I don't know. People are going to see it how they see it. I would be most curious to see how Sandy sees it. Yeah, agreed. It's interesting that they don't have Sandy doing a blog like they had Lee doing a blog for a while. Mm -hmm. Well, Lee does his on his own website. Yeah, at first it was through Bravo, though. Yeah, they got rid of a lot of those, though. There used to be blogs for housewives and everything, too. And they used to have comment sections. Those were always a joy to read. But I think as social media's increased, they've just let people go ahead and do it how they're comfortable doing it. And Lee seems to be comfortable giving an entire breakdown of the show. I think Sandy... She's gotten a lot of heat on social media since the whole Hannah thing. So I think she's more minimalist when it comes to interacting in that way. I agree. But it would be interesting to note. I did like that she saw with her own eyes what was going on, whether production pointed it out to her or not. I don't know. But she did tell him to get back to work and he kind of ignored her for a little bit. I couldn't tell if he couldn't hear her or what. But that was not a very smart move on his part. True. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like watching this, sometimes I put myself in the seat of somebody who's watching it for entertainment. And sometimes I watch it from the perspective of somebody who would have to work with these people. And I just find myself in a new, whole new level of frustration. Yes. (laughs) I get that. Another thing that's dividing the internet is Jason and whose side people are on in the Jason and Storm debate. Some people think that Storm needs to rein in his own ego and that the deck crew is very clicky in almost an ostracizing way of Jason. Like when Z and Courtney were talking about Jason and he walked up. And other people are viewing it from the standpoint that Jason is really lackluster as a deckhand and isn't doing everything. He tells us he can do so much, but he's not showing it. And no initiative. Right. I think both can be true at the same time. I think that he can feel ostracized and maybe part of that is his own doing and part of it is just the chemistry of the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, he can be allowing himself to slip in his responsibilities and his duties. Perfect example is when he called on the radio to Storm, like, hey, everything's done on the bow, no big deal. Storm went to check his work, which is reasonable, or Mm -hmm. went out there for something else and ended up checking it anyway and was like, no, it's not. And instead of when he saw Storm walk by him to go do something, you know, when he was sitting there drinking a beer with Dave, instead of saying, hey, do you need any help? Are we not done yet? Instead of Storm saying, hey, man, like you said, this was done, but it's not. Is it the lesser of two evils? Like, I'll just do it myself. If I want it done right, I'll do it myself. Or is it I just don't want to get into a debate with this guy right now because we're about to go have a good time? Like, not sure what was going through Storm's head. But from a leadership perspective, it almost makes sense to me that he would stop and say, come and do this with me and I'll show you how I expect it to be done 
if this is your finished result, it's not what I was expecting. Right. And I do think that Storm's going to need to be more clear. However, Storm did call out on the radio prior to walking past Jason and said, deck crew, deck crew, meet me on the bow. We need to finish it up. Yeah, but we know that Jason is just as good at using his radio as my mom is using it her cell phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, what's that little ringy box over there? I'm like, that's somebody calling you, Ma. <laughs> yeah, it's very frustrating. I'm not on Jason's side in this. I thought I would be at the beginning of the series. Every episode, he's showing me a reason to not be. And this was another example for me. I don't like the back sass that we got last week with the F off. I don't like him turning Storm saying, hey, take 15 minutes, go change and get a bite to eat into telling Courtney, well, he told me to shower and get a bite to eat. If I can do that in 15 minutes, you know, great. But that's not what he said. I don't know if he hears what he wants to hear. Or if he's just that defensive of a personality that he's just going to make crap up on the spot. I don't know. But it's not endearing. That's all I know. I agree. So what did you think about the end result of this dinner party situation? I know we're backtracking just a little bit, but. The wine pairing? Yeah. I have, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. The gaslighting quote of the week. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a hectic service, eh? But it was like, boom, 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 boom. (laughs) And Dave was, no, no, it was crap. And she was like, well, the guests loved it. And no, the guests didn't because I made sure on the rewatch, a lot of times comments fly by. I'm kind of trying to get the whole picture and I don't focus on the details so much the first time I watch. But there were several comments. Jennifer, the primary sister, said that wine is really hard on your body as you get older. At a point, they asked for ginger ale and tequila, even though they have tons of wine in front of them. And Kyle even tells Natasha that. So she's either delusional or maybe there was one guest that thought the wine pairing was great. And that's what she focused on. But I think it was a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost like she was knowing that Dave would probably cower. She was imposing her will on that entire situation and just ended up screwing it up to no end anyway. Right. I mean, the end result is that it seemed like the guests had a really good time and that's great. But I guarantee you they weren't thinking that entire meal. Oh, this service is seamless. Yeah, I don't think that the demographic of the group age wise. Because that wasn't in the preference sheet, right? Correct. I don't think they were looking for something like that. I think she just wanted to get an ego boost. Exactly. She likes this aspect of herself where she has the cocktail experience. She likes how broad her skill set is as Chief Stew, and she wants to display those. I think this was about Tasha's ego, not about the client's preferences. And I think that the guests were happy because of what Dave produced, not because of her efforts. Well, they were talking nonstop about how much they love the food. Right. I believe that Tasha's going to see it through her lens. And we all mostly do that until somebody points out a different way to look at it. But she does it to almost a delusional level to where Kyle even said this was supposed to be a buffet. We shouldn't have done the wine pairing. So he was even backing Dave and he's her buddy on the boat. 
And she described herself, this episode made me giggle, as a rebellious angel. And that she looks sweet and innocent. Every one of those made me roll my eyes. Yeah. Continue. But that she tries to get away with murder and bad decisions make good stories. And I had to stop and think, am I watching Below Deck or am I watching Signs of a Psychopath? And that's how she's been, though, through the whole thing. She doesn't want to look like the bad person, but she likes the chaos of it all. And when I tweeted about whether or not she's actively trying to sabotage Dave, I got some people who didn't see it that way at all and think that I'm way off. And I admitted that I have lost my objectivity with her. But to me, it seems pretty clear that she likes to keep her hands clean. Somebody pointed out that if she wanted to get Dave off the boat, all she had to do was tell Sandy that she didn't feel safe. She had her opportunity to get him off the boat, but then it would have been at her hands. Her saying no would have been the reason. I think she wants a reason that leaves her hands clean so she can still look like the angel. What do you think? Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that because she'll get slaughtered for that. Right. Yeah, I think she's trying to push him in ways that'll make him uncomfortable and she can blame it on his lack of professionalism, not the fact that her boyfriend doesn't want him on the boat. I agree. The easiest solution there is if her boyfriend doesn't want them on the same boat together, she leaves the boat. Right. But she's not going to do that because she wants the attention. Right. I did think it was very funny that, and this is again a 24 hour period. She went from texting her boyfriend so much that he didn't have time to respond to her to now he's texting her a ton and she's ghosting him the way she ghosted Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I got whiplash. I can't, I (laughs) I can't keep up. I think it's the chase. I think she likes when it's dramatic and then she feels all suffocated and then it's like, okay, I'm done. It's the most bizarre thing to watch. And I've actually gotten to the point of I can stop being irritated and just laugh at it because it's so ludicrous at this point that it seems like it's made for comedy and not somebody's real life. It's sadder if I look at it as this is really how she is. So I just <laughs> I just take it for comic relief. Yeah, but it makes me feel bad for Dave. Yeah. Oh, I do. I completely do. I think they had that little chat after the guests left. They were sitting on the boat and he told her, you broke my heart. It took me a little bit to get over that. He's so much kinder to her than she deserves. Yeah. Than I could ever be if I was in his shoes. So yeah, I know that he's had some bad drunken moments, but Sober Dave is a good dude. She occurs to me as the kind of person that makes an absolute mess and then runs away to let somebody else deal with it. Right. That's a good app description. I agree. So Sandy was super wowed about the pirate ship that Dave did. What are you thinking as a chef of Dave? Where are you ranking him? I thought he did a great job. I mean, look, for the resources that he had in the space that he had available to him and the time constraints that he was under, I think it was interesting and imaginative. And we didn't hear him complain about having to do it a single time. Right. Which is a little bit different. Yeah, it is. He hasn't really talked about any requests they've had being too much for him or what are they thinking. 
He really has an artistry about him where he takes the request and turns it into something that's either exactly what they want or better than what they want, which to me is pretty impressive as a non-chef. Absolutely. I am really enjoying watching him from a professional aspect as far as the cooking is concerned. I think he's really impressive. I think his technique is really very cool. I think he's got a lot of really interesting stuff that he's doing. Like those apples were really very cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he did a little bit of homework if he didn't already have the knowledge ahead of time to do things that looked impressive. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that the pirate cake was my favorite out of all of the things that he's done so far, but at least the effort was there. And he didn't, in the preference sheet meeting, turn to Sandy and threaten to walk off and tell him to masticate his private parts. (laughs) Good point. Valid. No, I thought he did a great job with it. Was it the best looking cake ever? Not necessarily, but... Impressive enough. Impressive enough. And definitely the imagination was there, which for me gets bonus points. I like it on this show specifically, not in my real life. My real life hand me chicken tenders and some fries. But on the show, visually speaking, I like the artist chefs. And he has definitely wowed me with a few different dishes this season already. And we're only halfway through. So I find it exciting. He's moving up the ranks for me. Agreed. Yeah. So getting back to this Frank and Kyle situation, we did a little bit of a deep dive on Instagram and found out that Frank is in fact in another relationship, as is Kyle, who apparently is engaged. News Mm -hmm. to me. So good for both of them. But sadly, this dispels all of our thoughts and hopes for a fairy tale ending at the end of this charter situation. So it looks like they did hang out again last year, sometime Mm -hmm. around Halloween according to Frank's Instagram. But yeah, I find that interesting. They did end up hanging out. So yeah, I think maybe a little something came of it. But you can't really expect. I don't know. Have we seen even that many? Do we have that many examples? Jamie and Chandler is about it, right? Jamie and Chandler is about it. Paget's re-engaged to somebody after he and Sierra broke up. I know we're all shocked that Tom and Malia broke up. I'm keeping my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Which is more than the girl he cheated on with did. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I think it was good for the moment. I think that there are things that could be considered line crossing. But overall, I think it made for a kind of fun romantic story, even if it doesn't have the happily ever after. They're happily ever afters just with two other people, but it made for something to watch besides Tosh and Dave. So I'm happy for that. So what did you think of the mid-season trailer that they dropped at the end of the episode? I mean, it looks interesting. I feel like lest something crazy happens or they can't get a replacement, Jason's gone. Yeah. You know, he checked out in that conversation that he had with Storm where he was like, just replace me. Which I, I think you pointed it out. It's weird wording mm-hmm. yeah, to say that, but maybe he just didn't want a confrontation and he didn't want Storm to try to talk him back into staying. And he was right. like, no, I'm, I'm done. Just go ahead and replace me. Yeah, I'm interested to see if Storm does cave or if Storm wants to do like you described in the recap last week and try and figure out a way to make it work and push through it with him. I think that would probably be his first inclination, mm-hmm. but... 
I'm not sure that it would be effective. And on that note, as far as like positions and titles and stuff like that, didn't we have somebody that had a question? Yeah. So we got a question from Katie Fiorello and she was wondering if the titles that people earn on the show can actually be used on their resume, meaning being a bosun for the show for six weeks. Does that mean you can apply for other bosun jobs and claim you have bosun experience? Same with the stripes. Does earning your second or third stripe on the show carry actual weight in the industry? No, it does not. Okay. No. Okay. Well, there you go, Katie. I am glad I waited for Adrian to answer because I would have told you wrong. (laughs) I thought it did. I thought that was the whole point when we were making fun last season of Ashley getting leads to. Yeah. Fictitious title. Yeah. When we were making fun of her fictitious title, I thought it was because she couldn't use that on a resume where if Daisy had made her second, that she could use it. I mean, she could. That doesn't mean it would be true or accurate. Right. Because even if she did it at the very end of the season, it's not like she was the lead stew or whatever the title was for the whole season. I mean, what do you put? I was lead stew for two days. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. That doesn't mean that people haven't tried to translate whatever their title is from the show over to an actual resume that somebody would be reading with the possibility of employment. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense because then you would have to name the boat and then anybody worth their salt in the industry is going to know what boat you came from and what situation that was. Right. I mean, herein lies the difference. When we see crew members who are asked to remain on board the vessel for deliveries afterwards or for the season afterwards then it would carry because that's real working experience okay you know what i'm saying like there's been a handful of times where crew members have been asked to stay like gary and a handful of other people that have been asked to stay to do a delivery back to some place or to stay on for the rest of the season because they did really well and that translates to a real working job experience title that makes sense but not not no Okay. Well, thank you, Katie, for the question. We also had a question from Leanne, and she wanted to know, based off of Kyle going to the dentist, when the crew has to leave the ship for medical treatment, is that something that the boat pays for? It very much depends. Okay. If it's something that happened on the boat as a result of you being on the boat because you were injured on the boat, then yes, often they do. Okay. So that's like a workman's comp thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were hurt on the job, yeah. Because I've had that happen before. But if it's something like a tooth that is an issue that occurred before you got there, like unless Sandy made him bite the lines off a propeller, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like gnaw the lines off of a propeller because it got wrapped up in there on the jet ski or something. Like it, no. Okay. I mean, maybe the show covered it because they just didn't want the liability, but usually no. Not for something like that. All right. Well, thank you, Katie and Leanne, both. And if you all have questions, be sure to submit them to us either at gangplankreport at gmail.com like Katie or tweet or message us on Twitter like Leanne. Awesome. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties.